Mark 11, um, 1. It will be up on the screen. And it says, as Jesus and his, and his disciples, um, as they approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie him and bring him here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and we and it, and we'll return it soon. The two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street, tied outside in front of the door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying that colt? They said what Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted, permitted to take it. Then they bought the colt to Jesus, or brought it to Jesus, and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessings on the uh, coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in highest heaven. So Jesus came to Jerusalem and went into the temple. And then the story goes on uh, from there. We are in the middle, or actually just finishing up today, a series called Anchor. What are some things that our souls are anchored to, that we anchor to in this Christian life? Uh, what are those things that... Um, we can look back on collectively and say, this is what keeps me. And we know the first week, Matt uh, brought us a great message on radical grace. Sinners, we're all sinners. But yet God chose to give his only son for sinners, give him to the point of death where he would be offered up on a cross. That's radical grace. Grace is one thing. When I have grace on my kids or my wife has grace on me for something or you have grace on my mistakes, I have grace on your mistakes. That's one thing. But to send your only son to die for sinners, that's radical grace. I mean, that's a whole new level that's there. What does that lead to? Last week we talked about how that leads to extravagant worship. Now we worship many things in our society, really we do, um, sometimes to our shame, often to our shame, um, that we worship all kinds of things. We can worship money or possessions or even people. Think of American Idol, you know, uh, just even the word idol that's in there. We can worship many things, but this uh, extravagant worship is to our God. And we even said this last week, the point that when we realize how much we have been forgiven, that causes us to want to worship even more. So that's that uh, whole idea of, of that worship that's there. That's just that exuberant type of, of worship, that extravagant type of worship. Well, today, we're going to see how that leads us to the glory of God. We're going to talk about the glory of God today. We're going to... I wish I could describe what glory actually means, but I can't. When it comes to God, I can't describe how his presence exudes such glory. We, we can't, with our finite minds, we cannot wrap our minds around how glorious God is. He is so holy. You know, you, you talk about, you look in the, in, in, in the book of Revelation, and it says how the angels are with him every single day. We're talking, we can't even measure it in years, but they're going around saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. 
They're talking about the glory of God in all of this. That's what we want to talk about today. This is all leading up to Easter next week where we worship the risen King. That's why we're celebrating water baptism uh, next Sunday. I have a few people who have signed up for that. Just as Jesus died and rose again and has given us life, we make that public statement. We're dying to our old selves and we're being raised to new life. And that's what we believe. We're proclaiming, we're showing in an act of worship what Jesus has done for us. And we're saying that you are holy. Only you could take this sinner and make me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Where Jesus now sends me, see, G, uh, God now sees me through the lenses uh, of Jesus. So imagine all the stories. This is just one story that we saw in the video uh, talking about Bartimaeus. Imagine all the healings that Jesus had performed in his three years of earthly ministry. All the stories that had been going around of how he had set people for, uh, free. These were the people, when Jesus became, began riding into the city, they were taking their cloaks off, their coats off. They were laying them down on the road. They were going and getting branches out from the field, the Bible says. What were they doing? They were laying it on the road uh, so that as Jesus came riding on the donkey. Now, let me tell you something about the donkey whole thing, okay? The whole thing about the donkey, I should say that. When Jesus rode in on that, he was showing that he was a servant. Because royalty rode on horses. But these people recognized that he was royalty, but he was a servant. It was all kind of this twisted thing where they had these expectations, but Jesus was saying, no, I'm a servant. But they still couldn't help but lay things out for the Son of God. Hosanna, they were crying. And so they were laying, that's why we celebrate Palm Sunday today. Of course, we know the end of the week is when he dies on the cross, the crowd shifted just like that you know, and, and everything uh, that they began to, to think um, about who Jesus was. But for this moment, they were seeing God's glory. God's glory or the glory um, of God is infinite and is intrinsic. That's a big word I'm going to use here just for a moment, $10 word, we'll call it that. So what, what is glory? It is God's infinite and intrinsic weight and worth, the weight of his glory. You ever, well, we kind of experienced it here this morning even. By the way, thank you, Allison, for stepping in at 10.30 last night when we got the call from Doug. And she was, uh, had been on the worship team anyway, so she was able to step up. So thank you, worship team. But we were able to experience that just now, just that way. You ever been at that moment in your prayer life where you just, you're almost driven to your knees or you are driven to your knees because you're just worshiping God and you're, I am, I am just so unworthy to even be standing here. That's the weight of the glory of God, where you just can't help but maybe you want to lift your hands, even if you're not a hand lifter. Last week we talked about thinkers and feelers. Feelers are the type of people they have no problem at all expressing their emotions. They're they're the ones who are going to run up and down the aisle or whatever. Thinkers are the one who they they truly think through this whole idea of who God is, and it's an amazing thing who He is. Oftentimes we judge each other because some are thinkers and some are feelers, but we understand that God is glorious and, and almost can't stand under the weight of his glory and his worth. How do you repay someone who saved you to the kingdom of God from hell? How do you repay someone who has healed you? Right, Mama Lee? 
Mama Lee came in this morning. Dean told her, Dean's with the kids today. He came and sat by her. God's going to do something big in you this week. Here she is without her cane today, right? Just walking around. Praise God for that. How do you repay God for something like that? Yeah. How do you fully repay that? You can't. You just can't. That is the glory of God, the weight of it that drives you to your knees. The understanding that I can't repay this, but all I can do is at least give him my life. Church, I want to tell you something. There are days, there are weeks I do a very poor job. And if we have to be honest, there are times we do a poor job of offering all that we are to God. Right? We do a very poor job. Look what he has done for me, and today I wasted a day on my pleasures. God, forgive me. That's that weight that I'm talking about today. The idea of glory comes from just this lofty and mysterious place. You know, way up here, the glory of God, mysterious, I can't quite understand it. We use the big words like intrinsic to, destri to describe glory. We really don't, have you noticed that even throughout church history, we, we've not even given a slang word to glory because it, glory is glory. Glory is just, it's glory. We can come up with all these other things for, man, the presence of God was just awesome. The presence of God was cool. The presence of God, we can come up with all these things, but glory is just, it's glory. It's what it is. True glory comes from God. There's no beginning or end or match to his glory. Church, God is holy, and we are not except by the blood of Jesus Christ. He has made us holy, but he is holy. He is glory. It's who he is. The Old Testament root word from glory means heavy. We just described that. It's just, it's this weight. But then we think about how Jesus told us to, you know, take his yoke upon us because it's a light burden that we carry you know when we get to take the glory of God wherever we go into whatever situation it's not something that we can't stand under unless we have sin in our lives right we repent of those things but glory the glory of God there is nothing on this earth that we can point to that we can even give the title glory to. Now, yesterday, my beautiful niece got married. She is, I, I'm biased, I get it. She's the only girl on the Giles side. In other words, my brother and I, I have two boys. He has three boys and one girl. So I'm a little biased when I make this statement, okay? I am, Mama Lee, I'm biased. She was absolutely beautiful yesterday. We even used the word, she looked glorious as she walked down the aisle. And uh, But we can't even give that doesn't even describe the glory of God. As beautiful as my niece was walking down the aisle yesterday, doesn't even begin to touch. And she was, man, she was beautiful, right? Doesn't even begin to describe the glory of God. There's nothing that we can, can give that to. Here's something, point number one. God's glory has always been. Always been. Now, I wish my niece was here today. Maybe she will listen to this. I'm not going to advertise it. But I can remember when my niece was really little, there were times she was rotten. 
If you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. Kids at some point in their life can be rotten. So she wasn't always glorious. She was always cute, but not always glorious. God has always been glorious. Never changes. Back there, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His glory has always been God's glory or his weight and his worth has um, already been determined by himself. Who determined that God was glorious? Well, God did. Well, we think to ourselves, okay, if I came up here and I began to tell you how wonderful I was, you'd get a little suspicious, wouldn't you? Who are you to say how wonderful you are? But do you know why God had to declare that he was holy and that he was glorious? Who else was going to declare that? He was giving us the way that we could be with him. See, here's the thing. I can't always back up how wonderful I tell you that I am. God can always back up how wonderful and miraculous and loving he is. We fall short in that category. God does not. So it's not boasting and bragging on his part. It's who he is. And he's revealed that to us through his word. God is a God of glory. He is glory and it's heavy and it's weighty and we we kneel before him we lift our hands god you are full of honor we honor you it doesn't matter what you or i think about god's glory he's glory his glory existed long before anything was created you or me so we can't determine whether he's glorious or not. He is. Are you catching this today? That's who God is. We were saved, radical grace. It led, leads us to worship who this wonderful God is. And I got to tell you, we worship some frivolous things from time to time. But when we worship the one true God, we behold his glory. Amen? We behold his glory in that. Some scriptural references that prove this thought, okay, if you're like me, this is for the thinkers today. You want to know the scriptural ref references um, that, that go into this here. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God. Now, does it say in the beginning Mr. Stowe? Well, it was close. He was right after, but <laughs> it's been a while, Mr. Stowe. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll pay for that one later. In the beginning God. Not in the beginning, David. Not in the beginning, Matt. In the beginning, God. He has always been. This thread of God is in the beginning. This thread of God runs throughout history, has always been and will always be. In the beginning, God. He was in the beginning before anything was. I'm gonna, these are gonna be up on the screen. I'm gonna go through these pretty quickly, okay? So you can write these down if you want to. We'll, we'll, um, we'll get to Psalm 148 here in just a moment. Matter of fact, while I'm reading this, you can go ahead and, and turn to Psalm 148 if you want. But Psalm 92, 90 verse two says this, before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world from the beginning to end, you are God. Before all this, you are God. Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. People there, Carolina blue. 
I, I had to throw that in there because they won the championship on Monday. But the glory of God is in everything that we see. You look at a tree. How in the world does that thing come from a little seed that's that big? It's the glory of God. Look at yourself. Now, some of you may be thinking, Ew. no, look at yourself. You are a miracle. How this brain up here can get this foot to walk forward and then this foot to walk forward, and I can do this too at the same time. That's pretty coordinated, isn't it, Miss Gail? That's amazing how we can think. It's amazing how we can have emotions. That did not come from a bunch of matter floating in space that all of a sudden exploded and evolved. That comes from a creator. Where do emotions come from? From God. I want us to do something here. I had you turn to Psalm 148. If you have New, new Living, um, you can read along from your Bibles, but it's going to be on the screen. But I'm going to ask us to do something. I know you've all gotten comfortable, but can we stand? And I'm going to have us read this together. We're talking about the holiness and the glory of God, church. You know, I rem some of you may remember a long time ago, anytime the word of God was read, what happened? You would stand up in honor of God's word. Let's read this together. Um, can you guys see that up there? Let's, let, let's go. Ready? Psalm 148, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him from the skies. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all the armies of heaven. Praise him, sun, moon, and sorry. Praise him, all you twinkling stars. Praise him, skies above. Praise him, vapors high above the clouds. Let everything thing give praise to the Lord. For he issued his command, and they came into being. He set them in place forever and ever. His decree will never be revoked. You creatures of the ocean depths, fire and hail, snow and clouds, wind and weather that obey him, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all livestock, small scurrying animals and birds, kings of the earth and all people, rulers and judges of the earth, young men and women, old men and children let them all praise the name of the lord for his name is very great his glory towers over earth and heaven he has made his people strong honoring his faithful ones the people of israel who are close to him praise the lord amen you can be seated praise god he is holy. He has always been. Creation uh, proclaims his glory. Colossians 1, 15 and 17. This won't be on the screen. Just write this down. I'm going to go through these a, a little quickly here too. But, but Colossians 1, 15 and 17 says this, that Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything 
in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. By the way, we need to pray for our leaders, for our local officials, uh, state officials, national officials, our president, no matter who the president is, Republican, Democrat, or independent, we must pray. We don't see the, uh, the, the, the spiritual uh, aspects behind that, but this right here is telling us that God made all of this. Verse 17, he existed before anything else, and he holds creation together. What holds all this together? Barack Obama or Donald Trump cannot tear apart creation. They are not stronger than Jesus Christ. And he holds it all together. We get on our political rants at times of the world's going to in a handbasket. No, it's not. Is it in trouble? Absolutely it is. We need to rise up. We need to recognize the king of glory. Invite him into our circumstances and to our nation. As we, the people of God, as we repent and turn from our wicked ways. You know what that tells me? We've got a lot of wickedness in the church. But when we repent of that, God is glorious. He forgives it. And it says he will forgive our sin and he will heal our land. He will do that. So never think that as bad off as we are, and I, I've been praying for our guys. It's like, Chad, again, thank you for your service and all the veterans as well. Thank you for your service. But I've been, I've been praying for them this week. We had something pretty major happen over in Syria. But God holds it all together. Is he pleased with everything's going on? Absolutely not. Does he want to see people suffering? No. Does he want to see innocent children dying? No. Is God okay with dictators? No, he's not. But he holds all this together, and one day soon he is returning for his church. Amen. Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. God is holy. God is glorious. Amen. Revelation 1.8, I, um, I am Alpha and the Omega, beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who was, or who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. He is glorious. Amazing. He goes on in Exodus 20, verse 3. You must not have any other God but me. That's the first commandment. Why is that? Because the glory belongs to him alone. And so often I find myself trying to worship. I may not label it that at the moment, but trying to worship other things because I put them above God. But he is full of glory. My worship should only go to him. Father, forgive me, and he does. Renew the right spirit within me. God is good, amen? Number two, Jesus came so that we would know the glory of God. I've been trying to explain, I've been trying to not pep talk us this morning. This is God's word. It's not meant for a pep talk. It is meant to renew our spirits, amen? 
Jesus came so that we would know the glory of God. Habakkuk 2.14, For as the waters fill the sea, the earth will be filled with an awareness of the glory of the Lord. Yesterday, we had, just in our little space that we occupy here on Four Square Road, and what's the name of this road? What? Estelle. So we had uh, 10 people, something like that, that came out for Hello Neighbor. What was the purpose in Hello Neighbor? Well, we wanted to invite them to next Friday night's egg hunt and to uh, for the adults, for the uh, bonfire and uh, just kind of hanging out and eating food. We wanted to invite them to our Easter services as well. But we wanted to pray for them. In the meantime, we were showing forth the glory of God in our space that we have here. And uh, Matt probably can tell a bunch of stories too. But one story I'll just quickly share with you. We were uh, down here on the right. Uh, a few houses down I prayed with this one lady uh, last time we went out she asked for a specific prayer for her granddaughter her granddaughter had severe depression had closed herself in her room and hadn't been out and so she said hey you remember you prayed for my daughter I said yeah I remember that uh, now that you mentioned it you know it had it had come back to me and she said she had a sleepover the other night she's coming out of her shell back in school and she said it's all because we began to pray thank you isn't that amazing? Pray for Mackenzie this week, okay? As it comes to you, if you're taking notes, write down Mackenzie's name. Pray for her this week. We were in this neighborhood, not to make abundant life look good, although that's an okay thing too, because when we, we're showing forth God's glory, and that's a good thing. That's our purpose. purpose. If it ever goes anywhere beyond revealing the glory of God, then we've come into self, okay? So, but anyway... Um, Jesus came so that we would know the glory of God. Not only would we know it, um, but the, the, that the um, earth is filled with an awareness of the glory of the Lord. Jesus came to earth, and the angels sang glory to God in the highest. You hear this word a lot? Glory, glory, glory. Well, that's the title today. That's what we're talking about, the glory of God. Glory to God in the highest. There were many situations where he performed miracles like what we saw on the video today. And he spoke of the wonder of God in order to bring God glory. There's a story also, we mentioned this a little bit earlier, about how people, they are sick. They have cancer, they have this, they have blindness, stasha, you know, unable to see, um, all these different things. Um, and the disciples asked this question, Lord, who sinned that this man was born blind? What was Jesus' response in all that? He said his parents didn't sin and he didn't sin. But it was for this moment that the glory of God may be revealed. And the guy received his sight. See, why do we hold on to the fact that Stasha is going to see? How, why do we hold on to the fact that Neely is going to be made whole? We have all kinds of situations in here. I don't want to try to name everything because um, there, there are so many. Why do we hold on to this? Because we know that, yes, it'll be a great thing that Stasha sees, that Neely has no more uh, issues or anything like that. that that's all going to be wonderful, but God is going to be glorified. Did God make Neely suffer? Does God make my wife suffer? Absolutely not. But his glory will be revealed through it. What kind of sin did they commit? They didn't commit sin. The glory of God is going to shine through those situations. Write those two names down if you're taking notes and pray for them this week. Anything else that you can think of? Number three, Jesus died uh, for the glory of God. John 12, 27 
Um, now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But for this very reason I came, Father, bring glory to your name. Then a voice spoke from heaven saying, I have already brought glory to my name and I will do it again. Yes, we received the benefit of salvation because of all this, uh, but his purpose was to show God's glory. The whole purpose that Jesus came. Our God came to make us righteous. All the other gods require people to do something for them. But God said, look what I'm going to do for you to the glory of my name. God is good. Philippians 2.9, Therefore God elevated him, Jesus, to the highest place of honor and gave him the name above other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So God only wants certain people to be saved. No, he doesn't get any glory in that. Who are your neighbors that you're praying for? Who are the family members that you're praying for? Write their names. You're going to have a lot to pray for when you get home. To the glory of God the Father. We receive radical grace that leads to extravagant worship so that God gets the glory. And finally, number four, my purpose in life is to give God glory. Give all the glory to God. What are your victories? Praise God. What are your promotions at work? Praise God. What about your children and your grandchildren? Praise God. Your accomplishments. Thank you, Lord. Your ability to do anything. Look what my hands have done. Absolutely not. Look at what God has given you the ability to do. If anything, he gave you the oxygen that you're breathing right now. All glory to God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I want to ask you a question just reflectively. Miss Vicki, you can come on up. I want to ask you this, and I want you to be serious about it. And I've told you this before. As I'm preparing sermons and looking through things, I have to go through. I, I get this a few days before you do. <laughs> so I've been kind of pondering on this. But think of everything that you do. Does it give glory to God? Right, Lisa? <laughs> Does it give glory to God? That's why I love Lisa. She's instant feedback. <laughs> Does it give glory to God? People ask, if I do this, is it a sin? If I do this, does it hurt God? And honestly, we're wanting to see how close to the line that we can get. When in reality, we should be wanting to everything we do that, gives to, that it would give glory to God. Everything that we do. Even the, what seems to be the menial tasks in life. You know, anything playing sports. God, are you being honored through this? In other words, competitive people in here, right? You can go ahead and raise your hand if you're competitive. Let me see who you are. 
So for you competitive people, by the way, Ford, right? Five on starting today. That's pretty awesome. That's competition there. The top five starting a race today. That's competition. Competition is a good thing. Does your life reflect the glory of God when you don't do so good? Really? You're going to ask me that? <laughs> when I'm trying to get to my niece's reception because I have to say the opening prayer, but they have roads closed down at the speedway so I can't get to where I got to go, and I'm angry about it, kind of being a little transparent here today, am I reflecting the glory of God? You, you, you hear what I'm saying this morning? It's not whether something is permissible or not. It's does it bring God glory? Do the things that I do give God glory? Matthew 5, 16, our last scripture. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You know, I love hearing Chad tell these stories uh, he'll call me on the phone. He'll say, hey, I just want to let you know real quick. Someone at the shop that, or the store that I was going to today mentioned this about how I'm always happy, yada, yada. And I told him about God, you know, all the things that he said. Man, that's awesome. And then the different times you tell me stuff that you're doing. You know, praise God for that. The glory of God is shining through abundant life. Isn't that cool? Isn't that neat to hear? Pastor, guess what happened this week? Wow, that is so awesome. Praise God for that. Guess what? I got accepted into this college. Praise God for that. That is awesome. Why do we go to college? So that we'll make good money and have a good career. No, so that whatever we choose to do honors God. We may be able to make good money in the process, but my whole purpose is to give God glory. I hope you make millions of dollars. For those of you getting ready to head off to college, if that's what God has for you, because here's the thing that I understand. If that's what God has called you to, you're going to honor God with that. God supplies seed to the sowers. And he knows who the sowers are. And he's going to say, I'm going to give this to Chad because I know he's going to spread it around for the glory of God. Your gifts, your abilities, maybe you don't have a lot of money. Lord, you could just try me and see how I would do with it, right? Maybe you don't have a lot of money, but you have gifts and you have talents. What are you doing with them? What are you doing with those things? Ford is the top five starters today in the race, but Matt has great character. He doesn't get mad when an engine gets blown, you know, gets a little upset about it. Is that right, Jim? Okay, thanks. <laughs> now, Eric may get mad at Matt when his car blows an engine, but uh, it's all for the glory of God. Can we just stand for a moment? I want us to, um, I don't even know. I just, yeah. Allison, can you guys come up again? Here's how we're going to close out today. Um, and Miss Vicki, you're just fine playing. We don't need all the other musicians necessarily to come up. Um, let's just sing How Great Is Our God. Can we do that?
So you guys can come on up. I'm going to give them a moment to get set. Let's just, while they're coming up, can we just lift our hands before the Lord and just ascribe to him glory? Lord, you are full of glory today. Lord, you are wonderful. Lord, everything that we have is because of you. Lord, we have life, we have gifts, we have possessions, but you are our treasure, Lord. You are our treasure, Lord. Our hope is in you, God. This week, we want to give you glory in everything that we do. Lord, if there's something this week that does not, that does not show you glory, that does not honor you, Lord, help us to just quit that thing. I know that sounds radical, but Lord, let it be so. We'll have Miss, um, the elders are going to be here, Mr. Larry and Miss Gail. We're going to close out with this song. This will be our closing prayer. And as soon as it's done, Allison, if you'll just dismiss everybody, okay? And uh, just, but let's just sing this through a couple times. And if you need any type of prayer at all, they'll be available to pray with you.